This is the Messiah of Pain, Punishment Martinez. You're listening to The Locker Room with Jargo and RDV. Friday the 13th, 2018, and you are tuned in to the Hitting the Marks Pro Wrestling Podcast, hittingthemarks.podbean.com. My name is Jargo. I will be your host for the day. I am joined, as always, alongside my favorite Huckleberry, Huckleberry number one, the Fred Durst lookalike. Ladies and gentlemen, RBV, welcome back to the show, buddy. It's me, it's me. It's that R to the B to the V, and I can't believe that I'm, I'm, I'm getting slack, you know, we're... We're, we're not even videotaped here. I mean, you can see me. Money's been giving me some crap. You know, he should see me over in the uh, the Hami Media Discussion Group. You know what, though? Just like last week, I'm coming in on a positive note. You guys are not going to bring me down. Uh, we we got the WrestleMania hangover, but, uh, you know, the hair of the dog, man. That's what makes you feel good, and I'm here to bring it to you. So so, so here's a little bit of how our day has went. Uh I, I emailed our friend at uh, ROHPR this morning, and I said, uh, hey, I totally dropped the ball. Masters of the Craft is this weekend. Is there is there any chance that maybe we could uh, you know, get one of your talents to come on the show this week? And through sleep emailing, we, we set something up. We've got a big guest, and by big, I mean six foot seven, 251 pounds of punishment coming at you in the ROH segment. Hey, and I think that's going to be amazing. You know, last time I did a little sleep emailing, uh, I swiped right a little too often and ended up dating a beautiful woman named Jim. <laughs> Is this thing on? Is this thing on? Yeah, I just wanted to let that one sit in for a little bit. <laughs> wanted to let that one sit in. But first, let's 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 talk about the uh, WrestleMania hangover. Let's talk a little bit of Monday Night Raw. Let's talk a little bit of Tuesday Night SmackDown and Already, Rick, we have entered Bizarro World. Maybe maybe our show is just as bizarre as Monday Night Raw and Tuesday Night SmackDown. What did you think of these stupid disclaimers they did at the beginning of the shows? Yeah, they these were a little over the top. I, I don't know who is pitching these things, uh, but you know what? I have to give them credit because they're getting to Vince, and he's buying into these. Just ridiculous. And, and the thing that was so funny... Is this week, this did not feel like a bizarro crowd to me. Oh, they're going to cheer who they normally boo, and they're going to boo who they normally cheer. No, they're just going to boo Roman Reigns. Everybody else got the same reaction they normally do. Here's the, they, they try to overcompensate for themselves here. You know, it's kind of like, uh, you know, it's kind of like, you know, last Monday in the locker room, Ray goes on a 10 to 12 minute spiel about, you know, how, you know, how he loves everybody, uh, people from all cultures and, and all nations. Uh, but then in two minutes, he kind of just craps on it. 
It, it was like that guy that names off all of his black friends before he says something creatively racist and stupid. That's pretty much what these promos were like. Yeah, basically. Basically. That's that's pretty much what happened. Uh, let, let's kick things off with WrestleMania Week's main event. I'm talking about AJ Styles versus Daniel Bryan. I'm, I'm now calling this the WrestleMania Week main event. Uh, I know I was watching this thing live. You were watching this thing live. And I made the comment to you, oh my God, are they really going to give these guys 20 minutes? And then they pissed around and they dicked around and I think we ended up getting about 13 minutes with a four minute commercial break but I gotta say those last seven minutes of Smackdown almost made the show watchable. Well you know I'm gonna say we had two teasers for over the last couple days here uh, you know that are gonna lead us maybe to something very special next year at Wrestlemania 35. I mean you had the teaser with the John Cena and Undertaker actually happening at Wrestlemania and then you had the teaser here on Smackdown Live with AJ Styles and Daniel Bryan uh, of those two teasers, I would say the latter is most definitely the more exciting. And at this point, maybe for you know for individuals like us, yes, it's the bigger selling point. Uh, but you have the other, you know, you have the other end of that spectrum because I, I do have to tell you something. I didn't bring it up this week. Uh, I ran into my I ran into my grandfather, you know, after we recorded the locker room and all of and all. Well, hell, you know, did you know that over like close to four thousand people? heard our WrestleMania week stuff, just me and you, just our voices. That's just insane to me. Thank which, you guys. Which is, which is so incredible from where we started. You know, we haven't been at this game, not even a year yet. Uh, and in that short span and just, you know, just a couple hours of programming to have that many people care enough about, you know, to hear, you know, be entertained by us is such, is such an amazing, amazing just feat. Uh, but you no, know, when I asked, I saw my grandfather, uh, uh, days after we you know they had to record it and he and he said hey i heard undertaker came back i mean that was all he wants to talk about he didn't know anyone else's names he, he has no idea who aj styles nakamura charlotte flair oscar nobody but he just heard undertaker came back uh and it kind of made you know i had to eat some crow there because i've been so against like oh that the show could have done without it well apparently i was totally wrong you know even in uh, a two-and-a-half-minute spot, he is well worth it because he's already looking forward. Well, I heard something about that Cena guy. He's a pretty big name. Is that going to happen next year? That was his question to me. You know, but on the other side, though, Daniel Bryan, AJ Styles, I think you're setting yourself up for two major main events. What did you think of AJ versus Bryan? And I say that in the respect that as I was watching this thing, did you get the impression that Daniel Bryan hadn't been in the ring in three years? I mean, holy crap, he doesn't look like he's lost a step. I, I'm going to say, you know, time away. You know, he's not on the road every day. Uh, Daniel probably has his ring at his house. Oh, I'm or sure. Or at least something he, I don't think he has missed a step. And I don't think he stopped. Just because they told him he can't doesn't mean he wasn't. So let's, you know, oh, go ahead. Oh, I was going to say, you know, he's only, he doesn't work house shows and you're the, you've always brought this up. You know, you build the storylines around these two guys that aren't your live events. There's a reason your tickets aren't selling. So he's only on the road. What? Maybe two, three days. Yeah. And you know, the rest he's at home and you know, his passion, you know, his soul, he's working it out. Yeah. That's, that's a very valid point. Um, what did you think of the, of the Nakamura interference? I mean, Obviously, the Nakamura interference was genius as far as the creative aspect goes. 
But you know, this was, this was one of those things where really the first thing that Shinsuke Nakamura does to Daniel Bryan is a Kinshasa to the back of the head. I know me and you disagree with some things like that. You, you really, you hate when they kind of blur those lines. Uh, to me, that was the ultimate kind of, Oh man, they're taking that chance. Uh, but I want to, I want to turn it around on you. You know, you are the man you have, you have led me down this path of learning everything I can about new Japan and, you know, and you know, the talents we have now, they're, you know, they're past and where it could go going forward. What's your whole vibe on this? I loved what Nakamura did. Um, and <clears throat> it's, it's interesting. I was talking to our boy Jersey and I said, when you watch that Nakamura segment, really watch Nakamura. Cause it's the same Shinsuke Nakamura. He's wearing the same costuming, but suddenly it feels completely different. He's not crazy. He's an assassin. He is an eclectic assassin who was out there to literally just pick you apart. It was like, all you have to do, take away the weird quirkiness, take away the mannerisms. Well, you know, and he still had a lot of those, but his demeanor changed so much. Yeah. Uh, and you, you can take it from, well, it's kind of like going from like fun, lovable uncle to like drunk, mean uncle. Yeah. Yeah. Very much so. Very well, much I'll so. I'll tell you, I, it, what I really loved, I mean, I loved all the in-ring. He carried, I know, like you said, it was the same outfit, but he looked so different. He carried himself. It was the body language, the posture. And I especially loved as they're going off the air. And it's not the cheesy wincing with the mouthpiece, but there, it's almost you're like it's almost like you're looking at the Joker. Yeah, like something very evil is about to happen. Something like chaos. Who who would have thunk it? Yeah, whoever would have thought that maybe that would work. Um, it seems like immediately Shinsuke Nakamura is way more over in like two days as a heel than he ever was as a babyface on the WWE main roster. I'm very curious though how his entrance is going to change. If it's going to be exactly the same, if he's just going to walk to the ring. Well, here's a question for you, man. I mean, you you've done. You're in that kind of business. You do the production. You know the music, how to put it on a show. What would you do different? Ooh, that's a good question. That's a good question. I mean, you've been there where you know, like some shows, you got to come out with a certain vibe and a flavor and all this. Uh, some, some of you come out like over the top and some it's a little dark. Yeah, I mean, I, I don't expect them to change his music, obviously. I do not expect that whatsoever. But I'm curious how he comes to the ring. I'm curious how the lighting is as he comes to the ring. I'm curious what he does getting into the ring. Is he going to slide under the bottom rope? Is he going to go over into the corner where the fans can embrace him again? Like there's so many aspects to the entrance that defines the character. I would say I trust him enough where you could all just swipe slight little tweaks, but he is so good with his character that he can make anything seem darker. Yeah. Yeah, uh, it, you know, maybe you do the same things, but it almost creeps the fans out instead of makes them cheer. And was maybe like having the guitar play like a little foreshadowing. To- it could be that very well could be. Um, what did you think of the Nakamura WrestleMania entrance? Speaking of, because I absolutely hated it. I, I am. You know what? I I am with you. Uh, sorry if anyone can hear the trains out there. I'm I'm actually sitting on uh, and Jario can actually see the beautiful view that is right behind me. But I, I am in a little train city of uh, my uh, my new hometown, Huron, Ohio. We're sitting out here on Lake Erie, 
uh, having a couple of cocktails. We're, we're just chatting up about some wrestling here. Apologize for sounds, but going back to your saying, you know what? I immediately was kind of like uh, WTF. Like there was, it didn't really give me the vibe is as the ones that I'm used to in NXT. Yeah, I'd much rather have the violinist than Alice Cooper's guitar player. But again, you know, going back, is that foreshadowing a change? It very well could be. And maybe you get more of a heavy metal rendition of Shinsuke's music. Like it, where well, it's it, the same music, just a different arrangement. It, it, you know, the, maybe the worst things, you know, maybe the what kind of like holds you back more is when you have a great entrance coming into WWE because that's all they see. I mean, let's go back to the pre-show for WrestleMania. They didn't put over the king of strong style. They didn't put over this amazing talent. Their conversation for five minutes was like, what do you think his entrance will be? Yeah. That's what they put over. For for a man that's challenging for the WWE championship, they put over the damn entrance. That's a good point, man. That's a good point. That's a very good point. And it's everything that was wrong with Shinsuke Nakamura in a microcosm. All right, so let's go. Uh, let's go forward, though. Mate. His outside of you know his interference in a match and all that. The spot of the night, uh, you know, he comes out early and it's it's a short a press. I don't speak English. Is that beautiful, though? We got to give him credit. That's beautiful. I don't think you do speak English. I think you turned into a robot there, and all I heard was you cutting in and cutting out, and then I heard, I don't speak English, which might actually be the cut that we go with. I'm doing Mr. Robot, though, here. Uh, Yeah, that's what he said. Tremendous. Tremendous. Um, I thought the Nakamura interference was genius. I mean, if you want to get somebody over as a heel, we are going to give you AJ Styles versus Daniel Bryan on SmackDown Live, and then Shinsuke comes out and breaks it up so that you get denied seeing AJ Styles versus Daniel Bryan. That was genius. I was surprised by the amount of fans, you know, heading over to the Hami Media Discussion Group and our live discussion. And then, you know, then on Twitter, following uh, Hami Media Group on Twitter, the amount of fans that were, you know, oh, it's going to be Kevin Owens and Sami Zayn. Like, come on, guys. I think these guys are out of the equation now. They're, they're moving on to something else. This is all about Nakamura. We'll talk about Owens and Zayn here uh, shortly. Uh, let's, let's turn our attention over to Raw. Let's talk a little bit about Roman Reigns and Brock Lesnar. I guess the first question that I have for you, Rick, why in the hell does Roman Reigns get a rematch against Brock Lesnar? What did he do to get a rematch against Brock Lesnar? You want me to K this? K Fab this? Absolutely. Okay, well, here's your logic here. You know, this uh, Roman Reigns is, you know, this is his yard, man. He's one of the most fierce competitors that are out there. And he is actually the only individual one on one who has been able to push Brock. Like when you man up nose to nose, push Brock to those limits. Uh, and in addition, you know, Brock has taken some advantages over him. You know, he's, he's seen him when he's handcuffed. He's blindsided him. This thing has turned into a little bit of a blood feud. So the guy that maybe if you're straight up and there's no other things and you, and you, and you kind of put it in a different setting. Now we're, we're gladiators inside a steel cage. This is Roman's best shot. This is his last shot. This is why he deserves it. Okay. 
I guess I can go with that. I guess I can go with that. Um, of course. Now, uh, in reality, uh, Saudi Prince just uh, forked over uh, the same amount of money he used to have Tiger Woods come play on his private golf course where they're where they're holding this event. So that's where we're. At. Yeah, yeah, a- absolutely. That's that's the easy explanation. Well, you know, if you're the Saudi Prince, right, it's like your birthday, and like you get to book your own show. I mean, it, <laughs> well, all right. What would you book, uh, Michael Targo? You're you're in July, right? We were right around each other, right? Birthday wise. Yes, sir. Uh, what is yours? I, I know they're real close. You're July second. You're July second. You're one day older than me, so you get to pick the main event. I get to pick the main event. <laughs> who are you? Who are you picking for our uh, all bin Mondays in the locker room? The Hitting Marks Pro Wrestling Podcast Jargo Victory Birthday Party uh, Event. Who's your main event? You you get to pick it because you're a day older than I am. Okay, uh, one question. Does it have to be WWE talents? Uh, I would actually probably say, you know, it's all been, we, we got to get at least available talent. Hmm. Hmm. Because I, after what I saw at TakeOver, I have a very hard time picking anything other than Gargano and Ciampa at this point. Uh, okay, or available talent. People that we could, uh, you know, you're going to come out here and see this beautiful area here this summer and all that and. Uh, I was trying to book a midget wrestling show, which creeps you out. So we've moved that. So we're doing uh, our birthday show here with indie talent. People we could actually contact and book. Who you got? Sammy Callahan. And I would have Sammy Callahan take on money is no object. Yeah. Yeah. Well, no, we got some favors, you know, Ben's calling in some people. I, w- I want to see Sammy Callahan versus Chris Jericho. Yeah, that's hard pressed. Uh, and Sammy has to go over because, you know, we are in Ohio versus everything for Ohio. Everything. By Ohio. Everything. Yeah, yeah so no, Sammy I would love to ever. see that match. I would love to see that match. Uh, as far as Roman Reigns versus Brock Lesnar, I, Rick, I'm just, I'm baffled by this. We are literally just staying the course. Really, Roman comes out and cuts that promo on Monday Night Raw, and I'm just sitting here watching it going, and I, I feel bad for Joe. I feel bad for, for not Roman Reigns, the character. I feel bad for Joe, the person, playing Roman Reigns, the character, because he's standing there cutting this promo, and you can just see on his face where he's just like, why in the fuck am I out here? Why in the fuck am I doing this? This is so goddamn stupid. I'm getting but he booed still out of the hell building of a job. again. I, I, it's just, I cannot believe we are just going to stay the course here. We're really, we're, we're just going to stick with this whole Brock Lesnar didn't show up for work today. Like this has been working so well for the last two months. Yeah. We're just going to stick with the course. Is Vince McMahon completely fucking delusional? Uh, it, absolutely, man. Like, like you said, you know, you've gotten some great credit. You know, you called Monday that this was a, uh, you know, they changed it on the fly. I'm still not bought into this. Uh, There's so many other things that line up here, but you know what? It, it was almost like he was kind of giving that middle finger to those 78,000. You're, you are not going to stop me. I'll find a way to do this. You guys were just kind of a, a, a blink of the eye. I'll go do it. The greatest rumble where I can tell these people who aren't the rabbit fans, you know, who aren't crazed about it. They'll buy into that. You know, the only problem with, Roman Reigns winning the championship of the universe in Saudi Arabia. There's one problem. 
he has to come back to the United States after he wins the championship of the universe. You, you honestly think they're thinking that far ahead? They, he, he just wants his moment. That you're going to have that WrestleMania moment there with, you know, they're probably saving the pyro money for that. You know, well, they're just telling the prince, hey, this is what we, we need extra here because we got the celebration plan for our new champ. God, he's going to have his moment. And then in five, 10 years, you're going to rewrite it on the network. But you know what? Hey, let them be warned. You know, individuals like us, we might not be here full force, but we might not be here at all, but we will pass it down. And your girls might be taking over our show by then. Uh, but they will talk about how history has been rewritten, and it's a it's a farce. It's just completely absurd. Completely, God, I hope that he gets booed out of Saudi Arabia. Come on, you damn Arabs! Don't let us down now. Boo Dude, that son great, of a, a bitch out of Saudi what a, Arabia. What a great side thought, though. You know, in a couple of years when you and I are just a little too old to talk about this, or we've moved on to, uh, you know, we're on actually on CBS doing, uh, you know, Duke pregames or something like that, that we hand this thing down to either like Sid or, or Justice, you know, to take over. Could you imagine you and I doing Duke pregame? That fucking cocksucker Jim Bayheim fuck Syracuse. I don't want to stooge anything off, but we do have a meeting next week where you have to watch your mouth. Yeah, well, 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 we'll, we'll try real hard. We'll try real hard. Yeah, I, I'm just picturing you walking into this meeting. Uh, what's your guys' show about? And I'm, I'm looking at you. It's a show about nothing. <laughs> yeah, that's that's pretty much how it's going to go. That's Did he how steal it's the go. raisins? <laughs> Let's uh let speaking of things about nothing, let's talk about the tag team division a little bit. Um you can talk about some transitions. <laughs> <laughs> so we have Braun and Nicholas. Uh, unfortunately, Nicholas has to finish the fourth grade. He's not going to be able to defend his raw tag team championship. This is the dumbest fucking storyline in the history of storylines. You know what? It's so cheesy. I'm okay with it. it, it, it to me, if they would have tried anything else. And now that we know that the end game was to just create a tournament, it makes a lot more sense. Yeah, yeah, I'm, I'm with you. Uh, so it looks like we are going to end up with, I assume, next week on Raw, the Deleters of Worlds. I'm loving that name, the Deleters of Worlds. Dude, it, it's, it's hard not to get hype behind that. I know, right? Uh, Matt Hardy and Bray Wyatt taking on The Revival and the winners will face the bar in Saudi Arabia for the Raw Tag Team titles. That is my understanding here. Um, it feels like they are actually trying to push the revival a little bit. But do you see any way that they beat Hardy and Wyatt at this point? I feel like the Hardy and Wyatt expedition of gold is underway. You know, I think in this roundabout way, they had no idea what to do with um, with Braun going into WrestleMania. You know, Vince Vince looks at him as a novelty act, you know, much like he did Undertaker back in the day and all that. They had no idea, so they kind of thrust him into the situation, and in doing so, they just poured more dirt on top of this tag team division, which now they've just booked themselves into a corner. I, I still look at this whole division. I am with you, which you've been saying for two weeks. I mean, this thing's a new Divas division. Yeah, it really is. And even if you bring in AOP and even if you're trying to bring, if you're trying to revive the revival and, and you've got Bray and, and Hardy here, is there really anything to be excited about? It, it's just so, so done. 
See, and it's one uh, of I those you, things you look at it on paper and you're like, ooh, Seamus and Cesaro, Hardy and Wyatt, the revival, authors know, of pain. But at, but at this point, why are why is the bar just right back in there when they just got buried by a fourth grader in Braun? Yeah, I'm I, I if I'm the bar, I am like the most disgruntled employees on the face of the planet at this point. What? Yo, even going back, you've been screwed two years in a row. We didn't know anything. You, you got blindsided. Or, you know, I, you know, it's it's easy, easy to play armchair booker here, but let's really go back. And it, it's great for Matthew. You know, his dad's been with the company so long. Uh, he had a cool moment. Wouldn't it? What, let's think about this. I mean, wouldn't it have been great if King Maxio would have been that fucking partner? Yeah, I have seen that uh, King Maxwell and Nicholas have been uh, throwing a little bit of shade at one another on Twitter here the last couple of days. Well, no, even if you go back to that and then he forfeits it, and now you set yourself up and you don't have this tournament. You know, the little king, he forfeits it. Bron goes on his way, but then there's an announcement that, and then you 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 have you're hitting gold twice. That in two weeks, this the new. Uh, tag team champions will be decided at the compound and you rep and and you kind of set up what you had with the you know the whatever what was uh ultimate deletion was that yes okay so that you set that up now you've got another tag huge tournament on wwe's programming you recreate that thing and then at the end of that you crown Hardy and Wyatt as your champs, but you could bring back, you know, your Hall of Famers. I mean, you got the Dudley's still in your pocket. You, you could bring back. The, you're telling me, like, if there was like a scene with the Dudley's and the Rock and Roll Express that we like we previously, they have more access to these teams we wish would have been at the original. Yep, absolutely, absolutely. Uh, I was, That's how they should have done it, man. We're, you're talking. You you pumped this right, man. You're talking at least like a 4.0 rating in two weeks. I was a little confused. Uh, by the Authors of Pain debut. Um, because when I first watched it and I'm watching Authors of Pain take on Slater and Rhino, I thought they were part of this tournament. But it turns out that they're not. Why are Authors of Pain not part of this? And, and see, going back, you made, how cool would it have been if they just showed up at the compound? Yeah. God, I would love to see AOP inside of the freaking broken Hardy universe. You you talk about a missed opportunity right there. I, I, I think this might this is probably, you know, we're gonna be talking about this for months. Uh but yeah, I, I thought the same thing. Why are they not included in this thing? Uh and it would also kind of shook me. I didn't really like how they left Paul. Um, I was just about to ask you, have you seen last night's episode of NXT yet? I, I have not yet. There is a segment on last night's NXT that was a raw exclusive where they showed Paul confronting the authors of pain backstage and basically what the hell are you guys doing? I'm the guy who laid out the strategy to win the dusty cup. I'm the guy who laid out the strategy to win the NXT tag team titles. What the hell are you guys doing? And Akeem and Razar basically explained to him your chapter ended in NXT. I, I get the story there. You know, there's probably a lot behind there. You but, know, maybe they couldn't come to deals. Like, I don't think you need him on the road every night though. Why would you keep him from television? Well, he my question, great- my question is in watching this thing, is there anybody else that you could stick with the authors of pain? Because it felt like Paul, your chapter ended in NXT. We have somebody else. 
that's very much the impression that I got in watching well, this thing. You know, going forward, and, and I'm sure anyone out here listening, uh, you know, your your first thought's going to be Paul Heyman. Yeah, no, I don't like that at all. But, but that's where your mind leads you. Um, my mind is going to lead me uh, a little bit later. You will hear in the interview with Punishment Martinez, we talk a bit about BJ Whitmer and Kevin Sullivan and their feud with Steve Carino. I would love to see Steve Carino as the mouthpiece for the authors of pain. I would love to see that. I, I could get with you behind that, man. And, and you know what? Uh, are, is he got you on the books? Cause you, you constantly like every four or six weeks pitch a spot for him. Dude, I love Steve Carino. I, I think Steve Carino is one of the smartest people in the history of the wrestling business who does not get credit for being one of the smartest people in the history of the wrestling business. Well, I'm so with you. They need to they need to put a headset on him and let him go at ringside. Yeah, yeah. I, I, I love him even as a commentator. Uh, speaking of commentary, I heard Nigel McGinnis was pulled from 205 Live in favor of Percy Watson. No, 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 no. He took a two-week uh, absence. Okay, going thank on. God, because I was going to say, whose bright fucking idea was that? We're going to replace Nigel McGinnis with Percy Watson? No, uh, actually, I tuned into 205 this week uh, with the anticipation, you know, that they were going to keep rolling over some great, you know, surprise debuts, and and, and I was waiting for Vega and Almas. Nothing. Uh, they, they did nothing. I'm not going to say it was a bad show, but my expectations were there. Uh, but they did actually explain that he had asked for he had asked for a two week, you know, vacation or whatever, a leave of absence after WrestleMania. And he was granted that. Gotcha. Gotcha. I had totally missed that memo. Glad, glad to hear that. Glad to hear that. Uh, let's let's talk about another debut that happened uh, on Monday night. And that, of course, would be Bobby Lashley uh, Monday in the locker room. I boldly predicted that Bobby Lashley was going to come out and beat Brock Lesnar for the universal title. Well, we got Bobby Lashley, but this was not quite Bobby Lashley versus Brock Lesnar. Instead, we get Bobby Lashley taking out Elias. Really? Man, this was an odd segment, wasn't it? Yeah, it was a very odd segment. Very odd placing for Bobby Lashley. Well, here's here's my thing on this. You know, you know, as much as Rick, we talked about how Rick, cool. I'm, Rick, I'm sorry. I have breaking news. I need to uh, interject here. Um, a day after Rusev was scheduled to face The Undertaker in a casket match at the Greatest Royal Rumble event, WWE has announced Chris Jericho will be replacing the Bulgarian brute and go face-to-face with the dead man. WWE confirmed to Newsweek that Rusev will take Jericho's spot in the 50-man Royal Rumble match, and we will have Chris Jericho versus The Undertaker in a casket match in Saudi Arabia. Wow, I mean, that's that's some breaking news right there, brother. Uh, and I, actually, I'm going to go on the backside of this. Right now, my pick to win the 50-man, the greatest Rumble of all time is now Rusev. Yep, absolutely. 100% Rusev is now my pick to win this goddamn thing. Uh, uh, can you can you imagine, because uh, well, this thing's going to see, you know, I mean, all, it's going to have a few number. What is it, 60, Six, 70,000, something like yeah, that? Yeah, 60,000, I think. Okay, uh, so we're going to have huge uh, Rusev day chance. Let's hope. I don't know if Bulgaria and Saudi Arabia get along. Rusev might get booed out of the building. Well, I, I, you know, I was uh, I was over in the Hami Media discussion group on Facebook. You know, we we're talking about why is that Roman Reigns match happening there? Uh, you know, the Prince has thrown out a bunch of money. 
Uh, if they don't cheer, he might have people killed. You know, so they're going to be able to control this crowd. It's like Vince's dream come true. There is that. If, if you boo Roman, you will be beheaded. That that could happen. So I was going to talk a little bit later about Saudi Arabia and Undertaker versus Rusev in a casket match, but wow, this is a lot more interesting. The Undertaker versus Chris Jericho in a casket match. I mean, obviously Undertaker's going to win. Spoiler alert, but. Undertaker and Chris Jericho in a casket match? Well, you know, like you, you had brought up, you know, this is an over-glorified, uh, just a live event. It's like something they do at Madison Square Garden. Uh, we're just so, it just so happens that there was such a, you know, people want to see this thing. It's going to happen on the network. Uh, so, yeah, you come in here. Jericho's going to be able to sell this thing way, way better. Jericho's going to get some fire under this thing. It, I'm guessing... So, so does it go over or under what we saw at WrestleMania? Are we going to get three minutes? I don't know, man. He's got to stuff Jericho in a casket. Like that feels a lot more than a three minute match to me. I could, I can already even see this here. It might be another work. Uh, Elias somehow gets involved and Elias ends up in the casket. Ooh, I could see that. I could say, what if John Cena is already in the casket? Like Undertaker goes to put Jericho into the casket and Cena's waiting for him in the casket. I, I love that idea. I just don't know if this is the place to do that storyline. Yeah, yeah, I mean, you could do that somewhere. And that, you could do that like SummerSlam where he's got a casket match against somebody, something, and they open it up and there's, there's Cena after we haven't seen him because he's been off on movies. for. Dude, you actually, that gave me a little bit of chills, man. It, it, we don't know all the timeline, but there's a way to make that work. Yeah, I think that would be cool. I think that would be cool. I think the other thing that's important here is they finally pulled their head out of their ass and they're not going to literally shove Rusev in a casket and bury him here. Jericho can absorb this loss. I'm not sure Rusev could have. Oh, I, I wonder if they'll uh, they'll bring out more of uh, you know Jericho wearing like his new Japan shirt, Alpha Club, Alpha yeah, Club, yeah, and, and bury that, you know, because you know you know how they do things, man. Yeah, yeah. God damn it, I hate it when you're right about stupid shit like that. Uh, let's talk about another debut here. I can't believe that we're going to go from the undertaker versus Chris Jericho and a casket match to no way Jose and a conga line debuting on Monday night raw. Uh, I very much took this as congratulations. You are now the black version of Adam Rose, but with a much better attitude. So what do you see as the ceiling for no way Jose? Yeah, that was like the number one, you know, because they are different characters and you could present them differently. But immediately when they rolled that out, it just brought back everything Adam Rose. It was and the it, stupid conga line. That's what it was. And, and I understand, you know, it wasn't the, the Adam Rose party thing, but it was so similar. And I understand you're in Vegas. Uh-oh. And I don't Rose. even know if Raw, I, I don't even know if Raw is the right spot for him. Well, and you know, here's the thing with the conga line as people were watching that and they were like, wow, this is stupid. It was so much cooler in NXT because no way Jose would come out by himself, make his way through the front row. The people in the front row would join him do once around the ring and then they would go back to their seats and he would jump in to the ring. Like heaven forbid, you know, we get audience interaction. We're going to actually manufacture the conga line now. It's just another one of those examples of, wow, this was really cool in NXT. And then Vince gets his hands on it and goes, well, let's completely change it. And now it's not nearly as cool. Yeah. They, they just don't get it. 
Uh, and it was funny about, you know, because you had the ultimate fan interaction the night before. You have a, a kid become a tag team partner. Yep. And, and now you can't figure out just to have the front row dance around for a minute with your security. Yeah. I, just beyond me. Just beyond well, me. I, but, you know, good to go back to your question. Uh, out of the gate, I think this is the wrong spot, wrong time for him. I just, he's going to be irrelevant. He's that, At least if he went to SmackDown, he would have an opportunity to go on Fashion Files. Yeah. Ooh, I would like that, too. I like that, too. Um, Man, I'm on fire with you today. You are. You you got some really good ideas today. Evidently, I used up all mine Monday in the uh, locker room. It's it's this, you know, this fresh lake air up here. No, you know what it is for me, man? Punishment Martinez scares the freaking crap out of me. I I, I see you. You keep looking over your shoulder. I know. I'm all sorts of disheveled. Even doing the interview, I was kind of disheveled. Oh. Guy's scary. Uh, let's let's talk about somebody who's not scary, and that would be uh, Finn Balor. Uh, Finn Balor, Seth Rollins, and Jeffrey Nero Hardy taking on the Miz and the Miz Taraj. Uh, match was basically throwaway. It's basically just to get Jeff. You know, hey, look, Jeff Hardy's back. Uh, what do we do with Jeff Hardy? Do we? Well, I, mean, you know, I was just gonna say, you know, this his uh, reintroduction. Was almost, you know, it was an exclamation point on they were just trying too hard for pops. Yeah. That was the, that was the entire point of this show, and it killed it. You know, yep. when you expose too much, it just takes away from everything. By this point, I really didn't care. Uh, this match has been essentially done to death to just insert Hardy. I was looking for, you know, more development for, you know, from the competitors in the IC title match, and we didn't get that. They were. They were more just kind of pawns and hoping you'd get another pop at the end of this show. Uh, Rick, we, we, we have more breaking news here. Gosh, I can't believe that we're doing breaking news on hitting the marks. It feels if like only, a Monday. If, if only we didn't air eight hours later. Yeah, right. Um, so this is interesting. Rusev put up a tweet an hour ago that simply says, life is life. It will be Rusev Day somewhere. I'm going with that. You know, he, this is the best thing that could happen to him. And, and I don't know if in the company wise, they think that, or they just think, Hey, we're replacing him, but he's got to be your pick to win this damn well, rumble. No, I wonder if Hameen's right. I wonder if he has requested his release. It will be Rusev day somewhere. Hmm. Hey, you know what? I, I'm not going to argue with the great Ben Hameen. I could know, see hey, it, man. I could see it. God, I'd love and to see especially, especially seeing, you know, how successful people actually are now. Yeah. Uh, could you imagine Rusev Day coming to All In? Oh, my God. That would be ridiculous. That would be absolutely ridiculous. I, I don't even know where, who, or how at booking, but you just got to have him on that card. Please, God, give me Alexander Rusev versus Tomohiro Ishii. God, I want to see that match. I really want to see that match. Well, I would like to uh, withdraw my previous comment because you just answered it, sir. Um, so what the hell were we talking about? I feel like I'm Big Ray. Oh, yeah, Jeff Hardy. Uh, <laughs> Jeff Hardy. Uh, what, what do we do with Jeff here? Do we, do we intertwine him once again with uh, Matthew and uh, Brother Bray, or do we send him to SmackDown next week as fast as we possibly can? Oh, man, you, you know, to me, I, I would leave him on Raw, and I would send Hardy and Bray to SmackDown. I think there's more money in those guys taking on the Bludgeon Brothers or something there. Uh, or, you know, 
let's have this a great story where everything's intertwined. You know, who's where, who's what. Just let them find I, how to teleport again. They can go be on both shows. Oh, man, how cool would that be? I, I I hope that you know they give something to JB and and just kind of let the Hardys run with what they want, and even bring in the great mind of Bray Wyatt. And, and I'm sure you know Heartburn Rowan. They've got some thoughts on this thing. Let these guys have some fun. God, I, and, and you'll have something special, man. Just give them free range. I gotta say, when Matt stopped the match Monday night and started clapping for Apollo Crews and Bray Wyatt joined in and the whole crowd, wonderful! I popped so hard. That well, was you know, so it, funny. It almost takes me back to. I mean, how cool would this be? I, I think it, you know, when he and I go around and around. He is he is my favorite. As I call him, he's my favorite snowflake, uh, Dale White. Uh, you know, he pitched to us on our questions show, you know, could something like Lucha Underground work? And we came up with, yeah, if it worked in the Hardy universe. Yeah. How cool would that be if he, right now he's just recruiting people to take to this alternate universe <laughs> to the compound, like start his own grand show. And, and it could almost be like, uh, man, I don't know if you remember, you know, we're the same age. Remember that there was when Mortal Kombat was hot, wrestling was hot, and they tried to do like a, a scripted karate show with and like Mortal Kombat characters and the guy sat on the throne. Oh yeah. I, I'm just picturing something like that with Hardy up on his throne, uh, like introducing each match, you know, and, and, and hopefully the throne is the mower of lawns. Cause I, I'm absolutely loving that mower of lawns. I, I, would, I would actually, I would actually like it where it looks like steps to a throne, but then it, the throne falls away and the steps go away and he rides the mower down like for the final match. Tremendous. Tremendous. Uh, let's stick in the tag team division and, and let's go over to SmackDown. It looks like we're going to end up with the Usos versus the Bludgeon Brothers. Uh, th- Rick, there was one thing on SmackDown that was bothering me immensely. Why do champions suddenly have to fight for a rematch? Because Paige was mixing it up. That doesn't answer the question. Why do the former champions have to fight for a rematch? We know Paige has been mixing it up. She's been mixing it up. Oh, 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 you were talking about her as a general manager. Yes, yes. I'm trying to keep it professional here, you know? Uh Uh-huh, yeah. Hey, play a player. Hey, play a player. Let's make it a threesome. Um, so Usos and Bludgeon Brothers, Orton versus Mahal again. Um, champions have to earn their rematches now on SmackDown, evidently. You know what was even funnier to me about that is you're, you're not, and they even brought it up. You know, they brought it up during the tag match that, you know, this is a shakeup by the new general manager. She wants to bring a, a different little flavor and a little spark. Uh, but they didn't shake anything up. The people that, had earned or you know or deserving of their rematches won those matches i mean what do you think in one case you would have like a very pissed off randy orton yeah it felt like incredibly lazy ass creative well yeah then you just start even rolling out more that he starts a you know rko and people left and right you go back to because they because they still can't get over this meme from three years ago uh so you start doing this backstage because he got screwed in a triple threat I just, I don't understand it. It just seems like very, very lazy creative to me. That's all that most of SmackDown felt like. Oh yeah. And then we got AJ Styles versus Daniel Bryan, but the rest of the show felt very, very flat to me. Um, and, and I, you see, I wasn't as down on the show. I was okay with it. I, I thought they gave probably Naomi and Natalia, 
entirely too long. And they come back, you know, back to back with women's segments. Maybe not, but I wasn't at that down on the show. I'm not even that down on Paige being a general manager. Well, since we're bringing it up, let's go ahead and throw it over to the Jersey Mike segment presented by Kleenex. Introducing new softer Kleenex tissues. Now in prettier packages. Sometimes a little change can make a big difference. Kleenex. Softer. Prettier. So Paige is the general fucking manager of SmackDown fucking live. And I'm just going to use fucking a lot when I refer to SmackDown now because Paige is the general fucking manager of SmackDown fucking live. Hey, if fucking gets you over, then fucking gets you over. Uh, This makes me fucking sick because I don't even want to watch SmackDown now. I have zero desire to watch SmackDown. You have Shinsuke Nakamura, AJ Styles, Daniel Bryan all on one show, and I don't even want to watch it. Because the, for some reason, these people keep telling me how freaking great Paige is on the microphone. It sounds like cat fucking claws on a goddamn chalkboard to me. I cannot stand the sound of her voice. I can't stand looking at her. Jesus Christ, if I wanted to watch the fucking Joker, I'd put in the Dark Knight. I hate it. Well, here's all I got to say. Here's all I got to say. You know what? Well, you, might, you might have to write this out for a little while. Uh, because the release date of the movie is September 14th. Uh, and we know this is all this is about. God, I, I, I just, I absolutely freaking hate it. You thought the black hole was bad? We now literally have a black hole. Well, she's, I would say there's multiple holes and she is clearly white. Over under on New Day going to Raw next week, I would say about 99.9%. Or did they just keep two of the three? Oh. Uh, Xavier Woods, you are 205 bound. So, oh, no, because you still tore with it. So this Xavier is, Woods, you might be going to NXT. This is about all I'm going to say about Paige, because uh, from now on, every time Paige is on my TV, my fast-forward button's going to hit. So don't be expecting a whole lot of talk about the uh, SmackDown general manager on this show. You know what's even funny about that? I know people want to hate on this. She's she's a young girl. She's out having fun. And, and believe me, if Paige came up here and asked me to buy her a drink or have a drink with her, I'm, I'm not falling to the Madison Rain act again. So sorry about that. But if she wants to have a drink with, yes, I would. She's a very attractive lady. But uh, but kind of one of those ways where you just kind of laugh because you she just looks so slutty. Uh, and that's all you see her as anymore. I'm trying to think of a way to segue here, and I got nothing. I got nothing. So let's talk about uh, Stephanie McMahon and Ronda Rousey. She looks kind of slutty. Uh, Stephanie McMahon and Ronda Rousey. Um, what did you think of this segment on Monday night, kicking off Monday Night Raw? Because I thought it was just stupid. Like, number one, did Stephanie really think that was going to work? Well, again, this comes down to, you know, where they they – they positioned themselves at WrestleMania in that prime spot. They had the most time. The crowd over the last couple of months, they come out strong. They open hot, and then they just kind of let the show dick off. Uh, and, and then maybe you're lucky if you know in that somewhere in that weird transaction, you know, from hour late hour two to three early, where that's pretty much your real main event, and then the rest of the show is just a throwaway. They knew where to position themselves. They wanted all their eyes on them. This is the spot they wanted. They got what they, that was they were shooting for. 
I just I, I I very much feel like with Ronda Rousey, you have to handle her like Brock Lesnar. People like seeing Ronda Rousey fight. They don't give a shit about Ronda Rousey in these goddamn talking segments, and Here, she sucks your, at them. She sucks. No, you're focusing. You're focusing on Ronda Rousey. Let's remember what the actual real company objective is. It's Stephanie. They want to put her on those spots. I, I I am just I am so disenchanted with the women's division right now. Jersey's last night's like, how come you won't put over the women? Because it fucking sucks. This entire thing sucks. There's nothing to put over. Well, they've over they've overexposed uh you know Rhonda, who could have been a, a tremendous attraction going forward. They've overexposed her all for the sake of, of putting over the billion dollar fucking princess. Uh, then they in, and you know me, I love the iconic duo. Did you did you pick up too? They're just calling them the iconics now. Yeah, uh, yeah. They, that they was put, they put too. them over. They put them over and Carmella over. Why completely just fucking destroying the two actual real competitors you have in your division? Oh yeah, and the third one, Oscar, not on either show. Well, no, that's what I'm saying. You know, she falls into it's Charlotte and Oscar. They are actually your real competitors. They're the ones that can carry your entire women's division. They actually make you serious. Where people actually, you take that match at WrestleMania and you show that over and over. People are going to be wild. Oh, these women can do that. That's what you should do. It's not the little Sasha Banks and the Bailey's and, and the Becky Lynch's. It's Oscar and Charlotte doing what they did at WrestleMania. And then you completely just leave one off the show on Monday, and then you erase everything that those two did on Sunday to put over two little, uh, you know, prima donna girls, and then the ultimate little satin island princess who has great character work. She's a she has talent there, you know, for in certain areas, but she's never going to bring respect or credibility to women's wrestling. And then there's also the third woman, and that woman is Alexa Bliss. Let's talk a little bit about Alexa Bliss and uh, this terrible program with Nia Jax, and now we're going to include Ember Moon into this. Ember Moon debuts and pins Alexa Bliss. First night on the show, pin the longest reigning women's champion that they've had on Monday Night Raw. First night on the show. Why in the hell didn't she pin Mickey James? You could have done this exact same match, just had her pin Mickey. Why do you blow Ember Moon pinning Alexa Bliss on night fucking one? I mean, just a complete waste. Uh, I, I, I don't even know if their logic would be there. Yeah, I got nothing. I've got nothing. And it's like, what the hell do you want me to put over here? It's stupid. Well, even think about you know business going forward. You know, they get Mickey. They always get Mickey. That's that's her job in the company. She puts over these young talents. She, she's there to make other people shine through her you know, amazing efforts. And that's what she does. She stole the show at WrestleMania in that match. She was the best part of it. But now it's just, you could have, you know, you have bliss doing her thing. She's backing away. She's running and, you know, she's looking over at Ember and Jax. So now we got, you know, we got multiple, you know, matches that could come up that are going to be hot sellers. Uh, but no, if you just go ahead and bury the old champ or I don't, I don't want to say bury, but you pin the ex champ in a bullshit move. Um, I would put over the uh, Nia Jax promo because I, I, I do think that was probably the best promo that Nia Jax has cut since she got to the WWE when she told Alexa Bliss to shut up. Here was my problem with the uh, Nia Jax promo. And the problem was the New Orleans crowd. You goddamn people. She did not deserve it. Seriously, a you deserve it chance for Nia Jax? Really? 
the hell is wrong with you people? I thought you were supposed to be the smart marks. That well, you know, let's, so let's get into this here. You know, a new little term I want to bring out here, you know, fan quality index. You know, everyone puts over these post-WrestleMania, these WrestleMania crowds. Uh, you know, I think they need to get over themselves. They're probably actually the worst. Uh, they're like Philly on crack. Yep. Uh, you, get over yourself here. You, you don't know what the hell you're talking about. You want to make it about you. Uh, and you, you know what? Here's the reason that they think Nia Jax deserves this. You know why? Because they're a bunch of fat losers who never got over in life. They probably got bullied. They probably got beat up. You know, I'm going to go out here and say it. You know, guys like me, we always get over on you because you're fucking nerds. You know what? And I, fat asses. And, and you've never even fucking sniffed a pussy before. You know what I do think was absolutely hilarious? Was they get the Nia Jax, you deserve it chant. Which they clearly wanted because she knew it. I thought I thought they were chanting, "You desert it." Tremendous, tremendous. But you know the, the the thing that was so funny is they literally did this right after they said, "Welcome to Bizarro World." Tonight they're gonna cheer who they normally boo and boo who they normally cheer. And after they get done telling that, here's Nia Jax. You deserve hey, you it. Obviously that, that bullshit. Hey, the great backfires are great with them. Yep. Yeah, they were expecting uh, the fatso chance or you're a fat ass. <laughs> yeah. actually took to her. Yep. They, they, yeah, like I said, it was not a bizarro crowd. In any way, shape, or form, they cheered the people they always cheer, and they booed the people that they always boo. I, I, gar- I guarantee that is uh, edited like on, for the Hulu co- cut or on WWE.com or you know on YouTube. Absolutely hilarious. They thought they were going to get something, and they actually agreed with them on something. Uh, you know, because all those, uh, you know, basement dwelling, uh, you know, Jack Reg sniffing, never even, you know, maybe you got a Skype with Sunny Session losers actually took to Nia Jax. I'm really hoping that this is not the show that the person that we're supposed to talk to next week listens to. Just saying. Uh, let, let's let's talk about about your precious fucking Shar Shar. Uh, now, the former women's champion of SmackDown. Uh, Rick, I, I, I really need you to explain this one to me. All right. So we put Charlotte over Alexa bliss back in November, which I thought was absolutely fucking moronic. And then Sunday we put Charlotte over Oscar, which I thought was incredibly fucking moronic. And you stood up for it. You have stood up for it since the beginning. Oh, those were those were both tremendous decisions. Yes, because Charlotte is the alpha. I mean, you've seen those. She tallies. She is obviously better than each of them. Um, yeah, but she's obviously not better than two girls making their debuts, even though she's been feuding with three girls for the better part of a year, and she's basically took them all out. Mm-hmm. And now we have Carmella as the SmackDown Women's Champion. Two days. Two days. After Charlotte pins Asuka. So we went from having Alexa Bliss and Charlotte Flair as your women's champions going into WrestleMania. And now we have Nia Snacks in the Stanton Island Princess parading around with these titles like they are the fucking champions of the world. Are you serious right now? And Jersey wants me to put something here over? What in the fuck am I supposed to put over? I understand. Well, I mean, I don't even understand what his logic is here, you know, and, and I'll give him a little credit. Uh, I would gladly, gladly take, uh, you know, his two girls, 
uh, Sasha and Bailey in either position over what we currently have here. Uh, but even with that, I'll take Carmella because she actually has some character work. She actually is something that's intriguing. Uh, and she's not a pity party. She's not a PC champion. Uh, you know, I, I've seen all you know divas to ladies wrestlers with hair extensions. But yeah, now we have to have a, a strap extension because they just want to hand something out for an after school special. Uh, it's actually disgusting to me. She has no talent. She I don't even know where to begin on it. Uh, Carmelo, though, you know, in that situation, you talk about just, as I just said, you just fucking destroyed the credibility in your fucking division. Uh, we should just start calling them divas again. Yeah, that's almost where I'm at with this. I mean, if Carmella is not a divas champion, then what in the hell is she? She, she would have blended right in with that group. I will give you this. Well, I'm going to challenge people out there to this. Everyone that's, you know, even, you know, our friend Jersey. Oh, I love the women. The wrestling is so incredible. That's bullshit. You run out there next week on Monday night. You run out Nia Jax versus I, I don't care whoever in a legit wrestling match. Uh, and on Tuesday night, you run out Lana versus Carmella in a brawl and panty match for the title. I'm not letting that one sit. Rick froze. What did you say? You you run Carmella oh. and somebody out in a panty match run, and run, Car run Carmella and Lana out in a panty match on Tuesday and tell me what your highest rated segment of the week is. Yep. Yep. Um, and I also, I wanted to say something about Ronda Rousey here that I forgot to say earlier. Uh, all of a sudden we're all talking about how WrestleMania 35, the main event, Charlotte Flair versus Ronda Rousey, because we now know how great Ronda Rousey is. She was in there with Triple H. Everybody calm the fuck down. This is Velveteen Dream all over again. You got, we're ready to freaking bring him up to the main roster and throw the Intercontinental title on him after one match. I would think in a year, you know, that is your big payoff match. It is Charlotte versus Ronda. I would think in a year, Ronda Rousey should still be at the fucking performance center learning what the fuck she's doing because she ain't going to be in there with an all-time talent like Triple H. I want to see Ronda Rousey and Dana Brooke in the ring Monday night, and you tell me how good that fucking match is. Let's not just anoint Ronda Rousey as the chosen one because she had a good match with one of we're, the all-time greats. We're talking a year away from a perspective, legitimate, like real made up that women's match. Yes, that is your draw. And from all aspects of sports entertainment, anything you want to do in business for any kind of event. Yes, that is your draw, Jargo. Come on. You got a whole year to do this. I think it's your draw. I'm just saying, let's not just fucking some people want Ronda Rousey to take on Nia Jax at fucking backlash and win the title already. Get your heads out of your ass. We've seen her in one match with an you know all-time great. You know what? I'm actually for that. And I oh, hope my God. No, I know that just because you know how much I hate Jax. Uh, and yes, I, you know what? I'm going to use that word now. I, I just I, I don't like her. I, I hate her as a talent. I just, She's I, be gone. This Ronda Rousey thing, I just think it's completely fucking asinine. You're going to have somebody that's just as qualified as Nia Jax walking around with that title. If you put it on Ronda Rousey, that's where yeah. I'm at with it. Well, no, it's a, uh, it's a hell of a lot more appealing. You got a hell of a lot more PR and it's not because you were picked on and someone gave you a wedgie and a swirly. She wasn't picked on. She didn't get a wedgie. She didn't get a swirly. Jesus Christ. All you got to do is Google pictures of Nia Jax and you will see when she signed to the WWE, she was about a hundred pounds lighter than she is now. This entire well, thing is so bullshit. It just drives me. If the narrative was at least fucking true maybe i could buy into it 
Well, here's the thing. Maybe that's why she kept her job. You know, if she was 100 pounds less, no one would even care about her. God. Yeah, it's just like Piper Niven. Just like Piper. Drives me insane. Uh, let, 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 speaking of things that drive me insane, let's talk about this Sasha and Bailey bullshit. Man, I'm getting worked up now. You can just hear it in my voice. We're spending a lot of time talking about the women on this show. That's because that's all they did on the fucking shows was talk about the goddamn women, and they didn't do anything that was worth a shit. We are still, like, two weeks after the Royal Rumble, we are still in the same spot that we were with Sasha and Bailey. We have done Nothing. I'm all for a slow burn, but it feels like a fucking sloth is writing this creative program. Come on, we gotta do something. We gotta do something. At this point, send one of them to SmackDown before they become Sami Zayn and Kevin Owens all over again. Yeah, this is a little perplexing. You know, I've been a big proponent for this story. You know, I, I like the slow burn, but now it's almost, it's one of those cases where they don't even know what the hell they're doing. And Maybe going back, looking at it, they didn't, they didn't ever had a plan. They were just taking it week by week. And now we bring up Ember Moon, which pushes them both down the card another spot. Yeah, I, I literally get that a little bit further. I like I said, I don't see I don't see a whole lot of room for Moon. I just don't see her taking off. Yeah, at least she's fresh and new. There's new matchups there, so at least you can push her for three months, and she can either sink or swim. Uh, you notice that we didn't comment a whole lot about the uh, superstar shakeup this week. That's because we have no idea what's going on. We don't know the rules. We don't know how many talents are changing. I would love to sit down here and sit down with the rosters and me and Rick could go through and we could say, oh, we should send this person to there and this person to there. But we have no idea what in the hell is going on here. And I don't expect that we will know until 8 p.m. Eastern Standard Time. I did that just for you, Huckleberry. Monday night. Well, you know, there we get, Hey, I, I think, you know what? I've got a lead here. I've got a lead. I've, I've got, I'm reaching out to some people I know in the know. I, I have many, uh, you know, through hook or crook. I, I know many people on the police forces uh, in multiple cities. Uh, maybe just because, you know, from the wrong side to the right side, but I am reaching out to a psychic investigator to maybe come in the locker room with us on Monday uh, to maybe shed some light on who's going where and what's happening. I'll bust out my tarot cards. I'll bust out my tarot cards. We'll be ready for a Monday in the locker room. So I guess let's uh, let's throw it over to the musical break. Then we're going to come back. We're going to talk a little bit of Ring of Honor. We're going to talk a very little bit of New Japan. Oh, yeah. And there's that interview that we kind of teased off the top. So we'll be right back. No one knows what it's like to be the bad man. Sad man behind blue eyes, and no one knows what it's like to be hated, to be faded, to telling only lies. But my dreams, the art is empty. As my conscience seems to be I have hours Only lonely My love is vengeance That's never free What it's like to feel 
feel these feelings like I do And I blame you No one bites back his heart on their anger None of my pain and woe can show through But my dreams, they aren't as empty As my conscience seems to be That's never free Discover going on guys this is the tea smashing jaw cracking kid from the east side of cleveland ohio shane taylor and you're listening to my ohio brother rbv and that bullet club mark jargo in the locker room hey this is stevie richards i'm here to tell you you don't necessarily need all this equipment to get in the best shape of your life all you need is this a resistance band I'm so excited to offer the 12-week resistance band training program to you, which features an interactive PDF with full overview videos, modifications, descriptions of all the exercises, scalability, no matter what fitness level or what age you are, the PDF scales the workout to you. Also, after your instant download of the PDF, you get full direct email support right from me, as well as access to a Facebook group with an awesome interactive community. 
I can't wait to help you take control of your fitness journey. So just put in stevierichardsfitness.com, go to the store, and download the 12-week resistance band training program. Hi, this is Ring of Honor senior official Todd Sinclair, and you're listening to The Locker Room. Okay, so we're back for segment two. We were going to go into the uh, Ring of Honor segment, and uh, then I got more breaking news during the break, because breaking news is what we do here at Hameen Media and TheGorillaPosition.com and HittingTheMarks.Podbean.com. Rick, I now know we have it confirmed by one Mr. Bill Pritchard. Rey Mysterio is going to be in the greatest Royal Rumble, and it sounds like they are still negotiating a Rey Mysterio release. Um, so I guess, uh, this, this brings up the question. I mean, obviously we'll be happy to see Ray Mysterio in this monstrosity of an event, but, uh, Ray Mysterio in Long Beach told everybody that he will be wrestling for new Japan in 2018. They set up a, a nice angle there where we want to see Ray Mysterio versus Jushin Thunder Liger. We want to see Will Ospreay take on Ray Mysterio for the IWGP junior heavyweight championship. What do you think about this Rey Mysterio news? You know, I, I think this just is going to, uh, you know, improve the entire professional wrestling world. You know, and I like and I firmly believe, you know, he's got his uh, his ownership with the new Lucha promotion. Uh, he's got a seemingly, I don't want to say it's a promise, but it's a tease with New Japan with so many great matches. Uh, hell, that all could happen in one match. You could put all those guys together at one time. It'd be amazing. Uh, but, you know, I think, it's, you know, it's opening and even going in like to this WrestleMania weekend. You know, we saw some old brothers of chaos there with Nakamura. Yeah. And I think it's a, it's, it's a way to open some channels. And it doesn't necessarily mean that we're going to start seeing more cross promotion, but at least they're more open and it's more exciting for us fans. I, uh, I really wish that they would show that picture on WWE TV. Because I, I saw the same picture. I know the picture that you're talking about. And I really wish that they would make the narrative that, you know, WrestleMania weekend in New Orleans, Shinsuke hooked up with some old friends. And that's well, you, what caused and, and this you know, attitude change. And you could tell this narrative, you know, even through WWE's eyes that, yeah, you know, that company that everyone's hyped on, they're evil. Yeah. They're, they're bad dudes. You don't know. They, they, yeah, you could seriously turn New Japan into the bad guy here. Right, and not like a you know a straight up where you go on television where you got Cole spewing it left and right or and hipster Cole spewing it, but you just do little subtle things. You know what? He had some bad seeds. You know, he's getting a bad rub over here. He's taking on your good old Southern American boy from Georgia. You know AJ Styles. You know, let's just forget for a little bit that AJ was a badass doing <laughs> all over the world. But you know, you tell your story. You know. Yeah. God damn, that'd be good. I, I, and I would, I would mark out. I, I absolutely would mark out to see a picture of Kazuchika Okada on WWE TV. I would mark out. Well, and to me, that's, that's more, that's more effective than breaking down, you know, that unforbid, you know, that wall that it, it, we talk against than than Cena saying, uh, well, you're a little pussy boy or, you know, or referencing something with, oh, you, you got busted for drugs or Roman saying, oh, you're Vince's boy. This is more real to me. If you do it subtly where people get people get intrigued about something and especially us insiders that know all this stuff. Uh, you know, I, I know right now, you know, our good friend, the Gooch man, he'd be popping like hell if they made mention of that damn thing. Uh, let's, let's stick with new Japan here, uh, because this is going to be quick. Uh, we just wanted to break down. Um, we're on the road to wrestling Dantaku and there are a lot of shows on this tour. So I went through and I looked at all the cards 
and I just took the dates of the shows that you need to pay attention to because there's a lot of shows and a lot of these shows are just like the six man tags, which we were talking about before we actually started recording. It seems that that one Mr. RBV is starting to gain an appreciation for New Japan booking and how in the hell it works. You know, I'm picking up steam, you know, before we went on air, I was in travel today. It was a big travel. I'm, I, you know, I'm, I'm heading home. Uh, you know, we, we get, it breaks. So we got this huge interview. I immediately have to go find some internet. And, and you know, what better place? I know the, you know, the listeners there can't see this right now. You can. I mean, you're sitting in your usual studio, your bedroom. You know, the, the world is my studio. I mean, look at me, man. I, I, what a great view, you know, sitting out here on Lake Erie. But I was almost in amazement as I'm sitting there thinking prep. And, you know, a year ago, maybe I knew four or five names from New Japan. Now I know even close to 50 and I know their stories I, and I'm interested, I'm into it. And that's on you, brother. And and I hope that, you know, our listeners, you know, here on the Hitting Marks Pro Wrestling Podcast in the locker room, no matter where we're at, I think we're we're kind of spreading that, uh, that flavor. We're starting, to, we're starting to rub off on people a little bit. People starting to pay a little bit of attention. Well, hey, you know, just before going on air, we got a little praise from, uh, you know, over on the Hameen Media Group from uh, the head honcho of there, Mr. Ben Hameen himself, who actually, you know, everyone else kind of talks WWE, anything going on in that company. You and I are the ones reaching out. You know, each week we are talking about New Japan, Ring of Honor, uh, the hot indies talents that's going on. Hey, we take great pride in that. Um, one thing that is kind of curious about new Japan booking, and this is one of those things that even I still to this day do not understand. Uh, there are several championship matches that are going to be taking place on this tour, but rather than putting them all on one show, they kind of scatter them throughout the tour. Uh, what do you think of that approach? Do you like that approach or, you know, to me, to me, that's the way you got to do it. Cause doesn't that kind of give you over importance to each of your championships? Well, like yeah, if, absolutely. You know, if, if I know I'm going to a show that's headlined by the intercon, you know, to put it in terms that people can, main people can understand here, uh, if, if there's an emphasis around the Intercontinental Championship, then yeah, that's what that show's about. And, and you know, two days later, there might be the Universal. It, it brings everything kind of on even playing field. It reminds me more of a legit combat sport. Uh, it, it's kind of funny because as I'm I'm sitting here looking at these dates, these are the important dates on this tour that you need to know April 23rd, April 24th, April 27th, April 29th, May 3rd, May 4th. There's a whole slew of shows here. Shit. God damn it. And we're back. That was me. That was you. You fucking asshole. So as I was saying before, Rick so rudely hung up on me. And, and, and looking at this, I'm like, you know, these are the important shows that you need to watch. And it's a ridiculous list. April 23rd, April 24th, April 27th, April 29th, May 3rd, May 4th. These are just the important shows. And there's a half a dozen of them. I, I completely agree with the way they do that there. I wish WWE would incorporate a little bit of that strategy. You know, if they, they just say, hey, come see us live. I, I think they should do something more special on their live events. Uh, you know, up to the Rumble, do 15-man Rumbles at each house show. Well, and the reason that I bring you know, this up. fun, you know. The reason I bring this up is because doesn't WWE almost need to go to this now? 
Now that we're doing the joint brand pay-per-views, they've got, what, nine championships inside of the company? It's going to be really hard if you are not holding a title or you are not challenging for a title. It's going to be really, really difficult to get well, on pay-per-view now. You know, kicking this around, I, I really love an idea that uh, Mr. One, James Money MacGyver, tossed out. And it wasn't really an, it, he was a suggestion because he, he lifted it off UFC and their fight pass and all that. But, you know, use YouTube, your, your social media. Uh, maybe if you maybe you get a you know if you get the Fox deal or USA wants to do it, put on a free like two hour with some really cool undercard stuff, and then lead into your big network show with five or six ones. Yeah, yeah, I completely you know, agree. Because then you, you really extend it, and, and you don't. It's not overbearing like WrestleMania where we know it's you know the seven hours. You know the first two are just talk. Have them actually be matches, and then that leads you into the big five matches like an NXT takeover where it's the hot ones for you. You do have Daniel Bryan, AJ Styles, Nakamura. Yeah, I would I would much rather watch a really tight, a really well put together two and a half hour show than a five hour mediocre show full of Randy Orton versus Jinder Mahal. It, 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 I completely agree there, but will we have to, will we have to retool week, weekly programming? Because, you know, UFC weekly programming, they just run out some fights. And it's kind of, if you just like to see people fight with each other, again, you're going to watch. But in wrestling, we need stories. So that does add a different dynamic. Yeah, it's going to be very interesting to see how WWE handles this going into this uh, one you, pay-per-view you, a month model. You know what? You know, just in throwing it out there, what you feel about uh, maybe even get rid of SmackDown? You know, that might go away anyway with the Fox thing. So you're essentially you have two hours of regular programming on Monday. And you build up to a monthly thing where then you have a two-hour pre-show that's either through you know social media on Fox, and then it goes into the network, you know, more really hard UFC style. I don't remember who it was. Somebody had the idea. Maybe it was money. I don't remember. Maybe you will. Somebody had the idea that now that Paige is the general manager of SmackDown for the superstar shakeup, we should just send all of the women to SmackDown, send all of the men to raw and basically turn SmackDown into shimmer. What was it money, man? You're giving him way too much credit. It was Lance storm. Oh, was it really? <laughs> yes. Lance storm tweeted that out. Okay. Well, maybe it was money that shared it. Maybe that's where I'm getting that. From. I shared it with you. No. Well then you know what? Fuck money. MacGyver money. MacGyver you know and I, okay. You know fame. I, Those two guys I, should do their own show together. Oh, you know what? You know what? Let's let's do let's let's try to get those guys hooked up. Uh, it's called the uh, instead of OK's Epic Hour of Wrestling, it's called the most bullshit hour of wrestling you'll ever hear. <laughs> Love one, it. Love it. One from a guy across the drink from I don't you know he tries to say he's from something and oversell something. Yeah, yeah. What the fuck is a fight? Who gets their humor? You know, Monty Python. He, he's modeled his life after oh, I that show sucks. Uh, the, only, the only cool part about Benny Hill was the freaking women running around and the rest of us don't even get it. Yep. Yep. I'm right there with you. I'm right there with you. Uh, let, let, let's move over to uh, ring of honor here because we do have some ring of honor stuff that we need to talk about. And of course we have the big punishment Martinez interview. Um, Rick, let's, let's start with the best story in all of pro wrestling which I think it might actually have been downgraded a little bit over the last week. I think Ciampa and Gargano may have elevated themselves. And I have to agree with you, man. This has been a tight one. We, we've been, you know what? Credit to us on all the platforms we're on. We are the ones that actually are on top of these things. 
And now I don't know what there is to be on top of. Uh, I want to start with being the elite 100 episode 100 entitled finale. Rick, was this the end of being the elite? You, you know, this is again, one of those things you just hang on to. You see what's going to happen. What's the next chapter? Uh, yeah. Every, every great book comes to an end, but how's the sequel? Well, and I, I'm almost wondering if they're going to do a Roseanne kind of angle here to where, you know, being the elite is gone for three months and then it magically returns. Um, but what did you think of the now, episode? How deep would you go with this? Like everything that we just saw, like Cody it was and Kenny all a dream. Like, sitting on a couch eating chips. It was all a dream. Like hanging out. Like Kenny and Cody had like their own Hitting the Mark Pro Wrestling podcast. Well, I can tell you what, man, when it, when it came to the ending of this episode and I'm watching the, hey, did you like that video? And I'm listening to Nick, and I'm and he's just like, I hope you enjoyed the video. Yo, hold on, you, you I know was like, oh was, shit, was that really the end? You know what would be the ultimate? Uh, you know, like three months, uh, the next being the elite opens up, and it's me and you. It's 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 Jargo and RBV uh, from the Hitting Mark Pro Wrestling podcast, and it was me and you doing a, a be the Booker of how we would have done it up to this point. Oh, that would be fantastic. And then they just break in this, you know, the screen goes crazy and they break in and they're actually like, are those guys on something? Hey, wait, wait a minute. And it just starts over. Uh, The young bucks are still the junior heavyweight champions of New Japan. (laughs) So if you haven't watched this episode, I, I don't even know where to begin. The elite are no more. They're not friends anymore. Kenny Omega throws the young bucks out of his dressing room. They're no longer friends. Cody's having his celebration party. He has assumed the leadership of the bullet club and everybody just leaves him. And it almost feels like you get that Cody Rhodes come to Jesus moment where he realizes the flaws in his ways. We've got flip and Brandy running off to the hospital. What the hell happened in episode 100 brother? I I am still not giving up on this thing, man. You know, they're, they're all playing great characters. Cody, uh, he is still the leader of leaders. You know, he's that guy that walks on water in, in the bullet club. And and here's what I really am going to like about this thing going forward. It all in think about this bro you know we're marketing guys we talk promotions we do this now you've set up where there's four or five different parties in that area hosted by them when they go into that thing now when you know you know on top of the ha mean party that's going to be there you know on top of me and you meeting up with uh, you know ryan and michael from the gorillasposition.com now there's going to be different parties you know you're going to have a hangman party you have a nick jackson party you know imagine and then you're gonna have cody party if you're talking about dry, you want to fill a place and you want to make it fun. You hit, think about like, you know, us, you know, college basketball fans, like you're dividing that thing. Wow. Damn. You are full of good ideas today. Damn. You are full of good ideas. It is that Lake air baby. Uh, and especially because I look over and I know how much Canada sucks and we have to have so much better ideas. There is uh, and actually Jericho, 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 I was going to talk Hey, that might be the nicest thing I've ever said to you. That, that's probably the nicest thing that you've ever called me. That's for sure. Over there, over there. Uh, that's Canada. <laughs> Fucking Canada. That's Canada. Uh, and I'm not allowed there. So fuck them. So what do you think? What, what, what is your take on the current status of bullet club, which is obviously not fine. 
Well, I, I think it is, is absolutely fine. You know, Cody's in a great spot. He's established himself as a leader here. And, and you know, and there's always some, you know, soldiers that don't want to fall in line or maybe questioning things, but they still knew the real direction. They need to fall in line. He is the perfect leader. I'm very much looking forward to some of these New Japan shows and uh, getting Tama Tonga in there with guys like Kenny and Marty and Cody and seeing just exactly what the OGs take on this entire situation is. I'm very ready for Tama Tonga to take over at least the New Japan version of the Bullet Club and turn them back into the badasses that they were. Well, I, I not can tell a joke. I could tell in your voice, though, that you know he's he's getting ready to you know realign his army with the true leader Cody. Yeah, right. Yeah, we'll go with that. Uh, let, let, let's talk a little bit of Ring of Honor. Uh, this week's Ring of Honor was a very interesting episode. This was filmed in Vegas. From the old tapings, we have nothing yet post-Supercard of Honor. Uh, Obviously, we have Masters of the Craft coming up this weekend, and they will be taping during some of those events. Um, This is interesting, though, because this goes all the way back to the Supercard of Honor tapings. And on this show, we are doing a tag team gauntlet main event. That makes up a little bit of about, oh, I don't know, three quarters of the show to set up number one contenders for the Briscoes tag team titles. If you're very big on the ring of honor tag team division, absolutely a show worth checking out. The other match on this show was just stupid amounts of fun for me. And that being Hiromu Takahashi taking on Frankie Kazarian. Uh, Rick, I don't know if you've had an opportunity to see this match yet, but I absolutely recommend that you well, go out of your way. To I, I'm going to tell way. everyone else out there. I haven't because I am a couple of days behind you on, on the programming. Uh, but even right there, that's one of those you just perk up in your seat. Like you're ready to pop. I mean, come on. Who's not excited for something like that? Yeah. Hiromu Takahashi versus Frankie Kazarian. Just ridiculous stuff. And yes, there is a special appearance by Daryl which I know makes everybody very, very happy. I think Daryl might be the most over member of the new Japan roster inside of the United States. So we have masters of the craft coming up this weekend. That is going to be a Midwest tour. So of course, Rick and I very, very excited about it. And I, I got to admit guys, I kind of dropped the ball on this one. Um, I, I, I was kind of taking this week off getting over my WrestleMania hangover. And then last night I was surfing on honor club and realized, Oh crap. We have a show this week. There is a ROH honor club exclusive. Rick, this show is going to be for free on honor club for free. You get to hold watch on, this. Hold on, hold on for free for free. As long as you are an honor club member, of course. Well, well, well there you go. You know, if WrestleMania was free, then you know, honor club, is for me. Ooh, I like that. I like that. Maybe you should pitch that one to Cody. Maybe, maybe he can get on that one. You know, well, you know, Hey, it's all about, it's all about business bear. (laughs) Oh, Bernard, the business bear. What a ridiculous thing was that? So, uh, let, let, let's go ahead. We're going to throw it over to the punishment Martinez interview. And then Rick and I will come back and talk a little bit more about masters of the craft coming up this Sunday on honor club, ROHwrestling.com. Enjoy the interview.
Ladies and gentlemen, welcome back inside the locker room. I'm here as always with my boy RBV, but please join us in welcoming to the show, coming by way of New York City, ladies and gentlemen, he is a former three-time MFPW heavyweight champion, a former two-time MFPW tag team champion, a former Keystone Pro Wrestling tag team champion, and the winner of the 2017 Ring of Honor Survival of the Fittest tournament, quite possibly the most intimidating man to ever step foot inside this locker room, standing in at six Six foot seven, two hundred and fifty-one pounds. Ladies and gentlemen, demons all around. Please join me in welcoming, welcoming Punishment Martinez inside the locker room. How are you, sir? Doing good. That was a cool intro. Appreciate it. Hey, man, we 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 do our research even on short notice. We do our research. Uh, let me let me ask you first, Mr. Martinez. Do you prefer to be called Punishment or Mr. Martinez? Because honestly, you scare me half to death. Whatever's easier for you. They both work for me. All right. I just didn't want to disrespect in any way. Uh, let, let's let's talk a little bit. Let's kick things off with this past Saturday night, uh, Supercard of Honor, the biggest show in the history of Ring of Honor. You faced off with the Stone Pitbull, Tomohiro Ishii, the newly won British heavyweight champion. What was your experience like this past weekend in New Orleans? And how does one of the baddest men on the planet prepare to fight another of the baddest men on the planet? Uh, Super Card of Honor was a trip, man. You know, performing in front of that many people in, in a historic night for Ring of Honor was actually an honor, you know, in every sense of the word. You know, we worked so hard to make an imprint in this business and to be a part of something special speaks volumes. And then to do so against one of the most popular and most known stars in the wrestling world, you know, in Ishii, and who's one of the baddest men, period, in, in walking earth. Uh, that was an honor. And of course, to win the match was even better. <laughs> that makes the experience a whole lot better. So no, it was this week, this weekend, uh, the whole week, to be honest, was, was, was fantastic. New Orleans was great host. And, uh, you know, to prep, to prepare for the match, it was, you know, I hate to say, or use the term, you know, I worked, I worked harder than ever because that would imply that I haven't been working my hardest, you know? So I, I didn't work any harder because I like to think that I train as hard as I can all the time. You know, it was just a matter of being involved in that situation. You know, it adds extra adrenaline and you get amped up a little bit more than you would normally, you know, not to take any other show or event, you know, take anything away from it. But, you know, that the, the fact that there's that many eyes on us and streaming live, you know, and you know, the history, you know, the person that's in the ring with you, that whole feeling, you know, it amps you up more. So even while I was training and I knew that that was the match that I was, you know, basically preparing for um you do get a, a more amped up and the adrenaline flows a little bit more so you're able to go longer so in a way i was working harder but not because in my mind i had to work harder it was just that's how my body felt like i had to push a little bit more well it was, it was an incredible match uh, as you said you ended up coming up out on top of inside of that match how how is it? What's it like being in a ring with Tomohiro Ishii? I mean, as you were saying, this is one of the baddest dudes on the planet. The last couple of years, Ishii has just been on fire. He took that championship off of Zack Saber Jr. earlier inside of the weekend, and yet you came out there and just dominated this guy. Uh, I mean, like I said, as far as in ring, you know, nothing changes. I'm still me, and of course. You know, th there's a, that extra feeling in there, right? Because of who my opponent is. And when that bell rang, you know, and I called him out, I said, let me see what you got. And he gave me that first shot. Man, there was like a, a 
jolt of happiness that ran through my body when he hit me. You know, it just, I'm a very physical person and I love feeling that physicality because it gives me something to work with. Like the harder you hit me, uh, the more motivated I get to hit you even harder back. So as soon as he gave me that first shot, um, yeah, it made me happy because I knew uh, that this is exactly what I signed up for. I signed I signed up for a hard hitting fight, and as soon as he gave me that shot, I knew that that's what I was getting. So, and and I knew I was going to be able to give it back tenfold, and which I did, and I was proud to do it. Well, well, let's go back and talk about when you did sign on. Let's talk a little bit about your early days in the business. Uh, you started training at the Monster Factory in 2004, and I was looking at some of the alumni of this school. You talk about an impressive list. You're talking about guys like Bam Bam Bigelow, Balls Mahoney, Big Show, King Kong Bundy, Matt Riddle, Raven, Seamus, Tatanka. How did you find yourself into this world, and what were some of your early days in the business like? Oh, I was a martial artist before I was a pro wrestler. And, you know, I moved around a lot when I was younger. And, uh, you know, I felt, you know, just stepped away from the whole fighting thing and was in a point in my life that I didn't know what I was going to do next. And a buddy of mine that I grew up with and we watched wrestling together, um, we used to always joke about being a tag team, or just being stars in wrestling. And one day he was just like, hey, man, why don't we do this wrestling thing? You know, and I didn't know anything as far as, that side of the business all i knew was the side of just being a fan and watching it on tv so i w- pretty much was like well how do we even do this Will we just show up and say we want to wrestle and he was like no man we got to train we got to go to a wrestling school and i was like well where the hell is that and you know he found it he found one you know in jersey called the monster factory and you know we had to try out to make sure you know we were trainable and not going to waste their time and they weren't going to waste you know we weren't going to waste our own time either and you know we went down tried out and you know, they said, well, it cost this much and I paid it, the tuition and the rest was history. Is, is your friend still in the business as well? He had left for, for a while, you know, for injuries and whatnot. He's a music, a musician, but he's back in it now in a different capacity. He does color commentary. He's a color commentator for the MFPW. Very cool. Very Chaz cool. Chaz Williams. Yeah. Uh, just out of random curiosity, what kind of music does Punishment Martinez listen to? shockingly enough, heavy metal. I, I can't begin to imagine what's, what's in your CD player or, or on your iPod right now. Uh, a lot of stuff actually, but, uh, my favorite go-tos would be Metallica, Ice Earth, my buddy's band, the silencer, uh, bullet for my Valentine slayer anthrax. I like a lot, a, a long list of stuff, you know, and then if I want to listen to older stuff, I'm into ACDC and Iron Maiden and Priest and, you know, so and there's so much stuff that I like, um, but I like hard rock and heavy metal. Intense music for an intense dude. Uh, Basically. You, you, you signed on with Ring of Honor in 2014, but really got going inside of the Top Prospect Tournament in uh, 2015, and it was shortly thereafter that you started under the tutelage of BJ Whitmer and Kevin Sullivan in their lifelong battle against Steve Carino. What was it like sitting underneath of that evil learning tree? It was a trip, man. Uh, I, I was lucky. You know, it was right place, right time um right person so being able to not only make it you know finally make it in a major company as a pro wrestler which i've been trying so hard to do um i was gifted the opportunity to do so like you said under the learning tree of of these 
geniuses when it comes to professional wrestling. And I couldn't have asked for a better way to start my career as far, you know, in this side of my career in ring of honor, you know, for months I just, and they, first of all, there weren't people that I had to like seek out and ask. I would just sit there and they would just let advice go, you know, and knowledge, they would just drop it on me. Um, so it, it was, it was a blessing, man. And, and I learned so much just about who I am, you know, and how to present myself more than anything from these guys. And, and just the whole, you know, the mentality that goes into being a star in this business, it's a lot more than what you see on TV and how to carry yourself from, from the moment you wake up to the moment you go to sleep, just everything all in between. And I can't thank all those guys enough. How, how does that relationship happen? Did, was that something that was put together inside of ROH where they were like, hey, you know, we're, we're, we're going to kind of send you off with these guys, see what you can learn there? Or was it simply like you showed up and Kevin Sullivan was like, I want that guy? It was, it was more along those lines. It was basically I was already on the Ring of Honor radar. Um, it was just a matter of finding a spot, you know, uh, you know, because spots are limited there. It's not like, you know, I hear fans complain, why don't you sign this guy? Why don't you sign that guy? Well, that means that somebody would need to be fired or, or something like that because spots are limited, you know, and that goes with any company, you know, we don't have this long developmental system or, you know, we don't have characters that you see in a, for one season or something along those lines, like other companies do. You know, we're full-time guys and everybody works very hard for the positions that they're in. So nobody's trying to give those positions up, you know? So sometimes for there to be open for a position to open up, sometimes you have to be a little bit more special. And I, I was trying very hard and listening to every piece of advice that I could to finally earn that spot. But still, it was still hard to fit me in full time. And then um, it's just a matter of BJ Whitmer and all of them. They all saw me and they, I was on their radar. And then when it came for the opportunity to have uh, 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 this person and this being fulfill this void that we need, they all pointed, pointed right at me and said, that's the guy that we want. That's the guy that we should have. Uh, and they came to me and they're like, hey, where do we have an idea? We want to bring you in to do this. What do you think? And I was like, you know, I'm, I'm just trying to get a job, number one. So, of course, I would have said yes to whatever. But then the, when they explained to me the whole situation, I was like, are you guys kidding me? Is this a rib? You know, like, this can't be real life right now. You know, you guys are asking me to basically portray something that I love doing anyway <laughs> and being. So, yeah, it was more along the lines of that. And they presented it to Ring of Honor. And Ring of Honor was like, hell yeah. And, you know, there, here we are. Well, and then, of course, you have the the, the big uh, angle feud with uh, BJ Whitmer after everything just kind of falls apart there. Some of those matches were incredibly physical. How, how does one prepare for going into a ring with somebody like a BJ Whitmer, who you know is just evil personified? Well, it's the same thing. I mean, I'm. <laughs> I mean, not that you're I'm not in any way, shape, or yeah. form. No, no, no. I'm as real as it gets. What you see, the way I speak, and the way I act, the way I carry myself, that's real. That is who I am. So, you know, people ask me all the time, are you like a legit, you know, badass? Or, you know, is there other guys that, man, this is me. And, you know, call me what you will, but this is who I am. So there is no intimidation. I'm never intimidated. Do I get a little bit more amped up or a little more adrenaline rush going through my veins when, I, when I'm when i across the ring from somebody that's a little bit more special? Of course. But intimidated, never. So for me, for those moments, I, I relish in those moments. I love those moments and I look forward to them. So every time I'm presented with an opportunity, I get excited and I try to knock it out of the park. 
Well, let's let's turn our attention a little bit to this weekend. You've got an awful big weekend coming up. It's the Masters of the Craft Tour from uh, Ring of Honor. Of course, Sunday's big event will be streaming for free on Honor Club. For more information, please visit rohwrestling.com on details how to become a member. Sunday night, you will be taking on the likes of the Beer City Bruiser, the villain Marty Skrull, and the ROH world champion Dalton Castle. Of course, you faced off with Castle at the 16th anniversary show in Las Vegas. A week prior, you were tagging with the villain. Uh, You got a little bit of unfinished business with these guys? Is it time to, uh, pardon the pun, inflict a little bit of punishment? Yeah, at 16th, I actually faced off with Marty Skrull, not Dalton. Dalton was a, a few weeks prior at a television taping. See, I watched uh, so much ROH that I'm even getting my events confused now. It's all good, man. So for me, it's definitely unfinished business with Marty and Dalton. You know, I need everybody to see that I'm still very much a title contender for any championship. You know, uh, I've said I've made it known that by the end of this year, uh, the sooner the better. My goal is to have gold, you know, and right now Castle has gold and I want gold. So I need, yes, there's definitely punishment to be this out there. Marty, I'm definitely not even close to being done with him. Um, he got one lucky uh, by me at, at 16th anniversary. Good for him. He found a way to, to get the job done. And get the job done, and he did it. And no, not a knock on that, because hell, I should have done the same thing. But I'm coming for to to uh, pretty much, uh, you know, get something back for, for that. And Beer City Bruiser, man, I dig him as far as, you know, I, I dig a guy that just wants to drink some beer and punch somebody in the mouth. So respect to that, but wrong place, wrong time. Um, wrong guy to try to punch in the mouth, put it that way. So after this huge win that you're going to have on Sunday, which is, I assume, of course. Of course. And then after your huge win over the Pitbull, you you have to be right back inside of the ROH championship picture. Are you focused exclusively on the world title now, or are you also kind of watching the TV title program that's going on right now in Austin Aries with with Kenny King, with the last real man, Silas Young? Would, would that intrigue you at all, or is it world title or bust at this point? No, no, no. I want gold. So I, it's not just one because while being the, you know, Dalton Castle has the world title, right? And of course that's the number one championship, but it's not the only championship. And that doesn't define you as being the best. There, there's been guys that have held other champs. Jay Lethal was the television champion before he was the world champ. And that didn't change the fact that at the time he was the best wrestler on the planet, you know? So I'm looking for gold period. And, it, and hell gold could go outside the realms of ring of honor. You know, I'm looking at New Japan Gold, too. I'm looking at all their champions. Hell, Jay White holds the championship. Last time I was in the ring with him, I was knocking him from pillar to post, and I won that match, you know? So I'm I definitely up there. I've pinned the world champ in our company. I've pinned champions in New Japan. So it's just a matter of getting these opportunities and delivering and, and you know, earning them. So I feel like I'm right there in the pictures. It's a matter of uh, whoever's you know, has the last say-so in, in, in matches to giving me the opportunity. Well, and obviously you faced off with Hiroki Goto before he's holding gold over in new Japan. I wouldn't mind seeing that match again. Those, that, those matches were physical. Yeah. And we're, and I a hundred percent as good as I was then I'm on a different level right now. I completely and, agree. Yeah. And put me in the ring today. It'd be, I a hundred percent believe that it, the outcome would be different. 
Well, Mr. Martinez, we absolutely want to wish you the best of luck on this Masters of the Craft tour. How do the uh, people find you across social media if they feel so inclined to follow you? Uh, you can find me on Twitter and on Instagram at ROH Punishment. Fantastic. Thank you very much for stepping inside the locker room, Mr. Martinez, and best of luck this weekend in uh, Columbus, Ohio. Much appreciated. This is the pretty badass, Kelly Klein. I am in the locker room with Jargo and RBV. Avert your eyes and don't wait outside the locker room for me. So we're back. Uh, Rick, let's let's talk a little bit about this big main event. Because uh, when, when I had first seen this thing, I thought this was just going to be a fatal four-way. That is not the case. Uh, Punishment Martinez will be taking on the Beer City Bruiser, who will be taking on the villain Marty Skrull, who will be taking on... Dalton Castle. It is. It starts fatal four way. This is an elimination deal. This deny or defy. I I, I was not familiar with this. Uh, match I was going to say there was there was there's kind of a little tricky stipulation to this thing. Yep. So it is an elimination match, and uh, this this is my understanding of how this thing works. In this elimination match, if the world champion wins, whoever the last person eliminated is cannot challenge for the ROH World Championship the rest of the time Dalton Castle is ROH World Champion, whether that be three months or three years. Wow, that is an interesting kick. I mean, how do you go into this thing? Like, Would you try to go out first and then assure that Castle wins this thing? Boy, I don't. I mean, strategy absolutely is going to play a part in this deal. And then the other. Or, or do you try to get Castle out first? Well, and then the other part of this is should one of the three competitors who are not the champion win, they are guaranteed a future ROH World Championship shot. Wow, I mean, you're talking about up in the odds here. I mean, this is a this is an interesting concept. This is a very interesting concept. Um, as far as strategy goes into this, I mean, obviously the smartest guy in the room is going to be Marty Skrull, without any question. But of course, Dalton Castle wants to win this match so that maybe he can prevent Punishment Martinez from getting any shot at his ROH World well, Championship. I, you know, I really think you come in here, you, you talk you talk about somebody like Dalton and Marty who are going to come in with a sound strategy, but then you got two dangerous individuals uh, that, you know, that just even, you know, they, they, yes, they are great technicians, but they defy that. You know, it's just about violence with them. The Beer City Bruiser, he is an interesting uh, choice to have in this fatal four-way could you see the bruiser challenging Dalton Castle for the ROH World Championship in the immediate future? Hey, you know, this is an opportunity for him. You know, he's coming back here to the Midwest where, I mean, he's kind of named from here. Uh, you know, the night before, they're going to be over in Pittsburgh. You know, yeah. he's going he's to be hot. He's going to be coming in on fire. This could be an opportunity for him to really jump to the top of this card. Uh, you know, you think he probably he's coming in as the underdog, but man, he could shake some things up. Absolutely, absolutely. He, I I almost feel like with the stipulations added, this thing absolutely favors punishment Martinez. Well, I, you know, I'm thinking like, how do you even go into this thing? Like, do you, do you find an ally somewhere and try to eliminate people somewhere, or is it just a is it a true free for all? I mean, because 
not as there are only one perplexing, you know, gimmick put on you. I mean, there's this is everywhere. Yeah, this is going to be a very interesting match. And of course, you can catch it for free at ROHWrestling.com. Just sign up for Honor Club, guys. If you're not a member already, I don't know what in the hell it is that you're waiting for. Uh, let's let's talk about a couple of these other matches. Uh, you have Jay Lethal and Jonathan Gresham facing off in Columbus. Uh, this one absolutely excites me greatly. Cody, don't call him Rhodes, taking on the leader of the kingdom, Matt Taven, in a first blood match of course we do know cody has that nice fresh cut right above his eyeball a whole lot of controversy with the disco inferno involved over this and you can bet your ass matt taven knows about that well you know even going back you know there's a little bit of bad blood between these two uh and then you throw in you know we got our friend uh orion you got the rest of the kingdom that are very uh loose and easy with swinging some baseball bats and we're not exactly uh, sure where Cody stands with the Bullet Club at this point. Well, even speaking of that, you know, they've got their hands full. Yeah, as we have Flip Gordon teaming with Bullet Club members to take on SoCal Uncensored. Oh, yeah, and our friend Shane Taylor. Flip Gordon, I think you need about four Flip Gordons to make up a Shane Taylor. I, I'm going to say, you know, who I'm really looking forward to in this match, you know, all around, this thing is going to be complete violence, but I think Shane Taylor is going to come in and this is going to be one of those events where people walk away. Who is that guy? What is that guy? How dangerous is that guy? This match is set up perfect for him. I Hey, he's he has dubbed you the Bullet Club Mark. So that's on you, Jargo. That's on you. Uh, I'm sitting here. Shane Taylor comes from right down the road here. You can see me over here, Jargo. He comes from right there. That's Ohio boys right here. I got him 100%. He's going to bring some violence and some pain. I, I may be the Bullet Club Mark, but I tell you what, man, I'm sitting here and I'm looking at this match and I'm seeing Flip Gordon, Matt Jackson, Nick Jackson, and Hangman Page. I might take Shane Taylor in that match. Just Shane Taylor versus the Young Bucks, Flip Gordon, and Hangman Page. I, I hey, might be inclined to take what, Shane Taylor in you, you that. Know Going forward, dude, I would absolutely love a few hot matches between between Shane and Paige. Ooh, Give yeah. those to me. Yeah, I would Give absolutely me be down for that. Uh, did, uh, if you like violence, <laughs> did you that's see, violence. I saw a picture of Shane Taylor from over the weekend in New Orleans. That motherfucker did a frog splash onto somebody. Uh, have they found him yet? I'm not sure. Have they found the victim yet? Holy crap. Nope, not doing that. Not doing that. Uh, you also have uh, Coast to Coast taking on the dogs at Masters of the Craft. These are all the uh, Columbus shows, by the way. Uh, th there's actually about three dates on this tour, but the Columbus show is the one that is going to be on Honor Club. Uh, Rick, are you looking forward to this show? I, it kind of snuck up on us out of nowhere with WrestleMania just being a week ago. You, you know, we were talking about it last week, but you are right, man. Things just kind of. They just kind of sneak up. But this is a loaded card. Uh, and of course it's a loaded card because it's coming to you from the great state of Ohio. Who could expect any better? Everything. 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 So that's going to wrap it up for this week's Hitting the Marks Pro Wrestling Podcast. Uh, you, you'll be able to find us probably this weekend unless me and Rick just take the weekend off because, you know, we're entitled to that. If we get rules for the Superstar Shakeup, though, maybe we'll actually do a show. Maybe we will. Maybe we won't. 
Who knows? Until then, you can find us on Twitter at HTMPWPod, on Facebook at Hitting the Marks. Shoot us an email at HittingTheMarks at gmail.com. You can find me across all social media platforms at NotJargo. Rick, how does Punishment Martinez find you? Well, you know, on this, uh, you know, I've shut down all social media. <laughs> uh, I'm actually going into hiding. Uh, I'm actually going off the grid. Uh, I don't I don't even, you know, this whole Ohio thing was an absolute work. I am nowhere near the state, so please just leave it alone. I, I am gone. We're out. So that's going to wrap it up for this week's show. We'll be back Monday in the locker room, hackerhameen.podbean.com. For now, we're off like a prom dress. See ya! Crunch your fingers. Label me. I don't give a f- Yeah.